Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. Happy Monday to you and yours on this 13th day of March, the year 2023. I don't know about you, but I woke up, walked outside and went, what? March? No. Feels like January. Downright cold out there. My goodness. But things are about to warm up. Because it's NCAA tournament time. The Alabama Crimson Tide, the number one overall seed in the men's field of 68. South Carolina, the undefeated Gamecocks, the number one seed in the women's draw. We've got a lot in store for you and yours today. So let's not waste any time as my main man sitting in that... uh, Producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. James Mesh, he's inside the game studio, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on I-10 West, heading to Lake Charles on KLCJ 1041, streaming everywhere. Everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. We're also in the Acadiana area on television as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. We start with college hoops, LSU's women, 28-2 and two overall, staying home, dancing as a number three seed in the NCAA tournament. It's the second straight year under second-year head coach Kim Mulkey that the Tigers received a number three seed, which means they will have the ability to play two games at home if they can survive the first one. And that first one will occur this Friday at 4.30 when they take on 14th seeded Hawaii as the Rainbows are 18 and 14 overall. Some people upset that LSU got the number three seed with only two losses. According to head coach Kim Mulkey, it's not about the seeding, it's about the matchup. It, it, you know, we're three seed. The two seed is Utah. Flip a coin. We could have been the two, they could have been the three. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to play. Uh, good teams along the way. The first most important thing is that we get to host. We get to host. And I know uh, how loud it was in here when we hosted last year. I know how much uh, the people were wanting seats and our fans need to understand each institution gets a certain number of seats. So be patient. Don't get aggravated if you don't have your normal seats. Um, And then the two that make it to the second round, seats will open up. it is all about matchups. They have to guard us, what our strengths are, and we're going to have to guard people that have perimeter shooters all over the floor. Um, Hawaii shoots a lot of threes from what I saw yesterday, uh, but yet they also have inside play. Not big, but 
in their league, they weren't afraid to slip screens and post up. I'm giving you stuff off the top of my head. I have not studied any team. How could I? I did not know who would be coming here. Of course, that press conference held last night after a, a little festival get-together inside Pete's Palace. The early matchup in the PMAC on Friday will be six-seeded Michigan versus number 11-seeded UNLV. The winners of the Friday games obviously will match up on Sunday at the in the Maravich Center for a chance to go to the Sweet 16 in Greenville, South Carolina. For that to happen, Kim Mulkey realizes last year they made they won their first game at home in the tournament, then they lost to Ohio State. This year, they've made some improvement, but she is not satisfied yet. Then I go to the second part in conference. Last year's conference record and this year's conference record. Did we improve? Absolutely, we did. Then you go to the conference tournament. We didn't win a game, but we won one this year. Did we improve? You bet we did. Now, can we improve during the postseason? We won one game here. Can we win two? And if we win two, we get to go to Sweet 16 and we get to go back to Greenville. Uh, Greenville is doable for our fans. Seattle's a long way. I don't think there's anything above that but Canada. And so being in that region for our fans um, is exciting. I think the other two that will be here, Michigan, UNLV, I know a lot about Michigan. Uh, I think the world of Kim, their coach, I've played her in the playoffs many times. Um, Don't know much at all about UNLV. We'll have to study. I know what I've read about how good she has done since she's been there and uh, what I know from the game watching Hawaii yesterday. So Hawaii versus LSU Friday, 4.30. Other Louisiana schools in the women's draw, Southern University versus Sacred Heart, Wednesday, 8 p.m. in Stanford. And for the first time in program history, uh, congratulations to the Southeastern Louisiana Lady Lions. They are in the tournament. They'll play Friday at 3 p.m. against the best player in the tournament, Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. So congratulations to all those schools. On the men's side, Bob Marlin's Raging Cajuns found out they would be a 13 seed taking on fourth-seeded Tennessee from the SEC. That matchup will be Thursday, 7.40 p.m. in Orlando in the East Regional. Bob Marlin, excited to have that unlucky number 13 next to their name. Well, we were excited to get a 13. Every time it popped up, we thought we were going to be next, and we saw Albany, New York, and we weren't too excited about that, except for Isaiah and Vince, but they've got family there. Uh, but, no, it was a, a big thrill and to see your name called. And I didn't hear what all Clark Kellogg said. He called me this week left me a minute-and-a-half message. It was pretty special. It was the best call I got all week on Tuesday morning. So I'll have to go home where it's quiet and play it back. All right, there's Bob. Uh, Jordan Brown, the big man in the middle, the uh, the focal point of every team's first line of defense, talked about, hey, that, that conference championship title was great, but... Uh, I feel like it was good, you know, being able to uh, kind of live in the moment and, uh, 
uh, be happy about the championship. But now we got to move on. You know, it's kind of like a week of like we're happy about it, but it's a week of preparation to uh, letting our bodies rest and recover. Rest and recover, but work to be done. Terrence Lewis, how about some advice about the tournament to give to your teammates? Really just think that uh, just telling them that anything is possible. You know, over the years that there are a lot of upsets from like the 13 seeds and uh, beat the four seeds or the 12 seed, beat the five seeds. You know, it's just a new ball game. Everybody is 0-0. Like everything that happened in like the past from the old tournaments or in the beginning of the year is just a new ball game and anything is uh, capable of happening. So the Cajuns taking on the Volunteers. Volunteers, not the same team without their point guard. So you never, ever know. We shall see. Good luck to the Raging Cajuns. LSU baseball, three games over the weekend, three seven-inning run rule games. They beat Sanford by a combined score of 36-2. to 11-1 on Friday, 12-zip on Saturday, 13-1 on Sunday. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. LSU won all five games last week. They entered this week with a game tomorrow against UNO, riding a 10-game win streak, the longest since 2017 when LSU won 17 in a row. Uh, LSU batted 349 against the five opponents last week, outscored them 56-4. to Tommy White, um, the sophomore third baseman, continues to, now that he's – not injured anymore. He batted 438 on the week, seven for 16, uh, three doubles, three homers, 14 ribbies, nine runs scored. Uh, he is on fire to say the least. Jared Jones, the freshman first baseman, batted 600 for LSU this past week with four homers and 11 ribbies. Even better than that was freshman right fielder Paxton Kling. Hit 640 during LSU's 10-game win streak. He's unbelievable. And it certainly appears that Thatcher Hurd has done everything he can to be a weekend starter as LSU will travel to Texas A&M for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday start to the SEC 30-game regular season. He posted two wins in two week, two starts last week, working a total of 11 scoreless innings with three walks and 18 strikeouts. He allowed just four hits, limited the opponents to a .111 batting average in his two outings. Um, I don't know what else you can do. I don't know what else LSU would expect, but he's pretty darn good, and he should be a backup to junior right-hander Paul Skeens, who improved to 4-0 this season with a win Friday night over Sanford. He went six innings. He limited the Bulldogs to one run on two hits with one walk and 12 strikeouts. For the year, Skeens is a .75 ERA with 48 strikeouts in 24 innings while limiting opponents to a 0.99 batting average. LSU back on the bump Tuesday night against UNO, and then they'll travel to for their SEC openers, Texas A&M Friday at 6, Saturday at 2, and Sunday at 1. Let the fun begin. While LSU baseball was doing all of that, um, 600 career wins for a softball coach who doesn't get nearly enough credit 
A 9-1 to win over South Carolina got Beth Torino her 600th career win. Second game of the series, which was scheduled for yesterday, had to be postponed due to weather. The teams will play a doubleheader today. First game starting in less than an hour at 3 p.m. The second at approximately 6 p.m. Um... The Atlanta Falcons have signed former New Orleans Saint defensive tackle David Anyamata to a three-year contract. According to sources, the 30-year-old's new contract will pay him $35 million, including $24.5 in guaranteed money. Yes, indeed. It's all about the Benjamin. So the Saints lacking on the defensive front. Um, we'll see what happens. Ole Miss has hired former Texas Longhorn coach Chris Beard. And the McNeese Cowboys have hired Will Wade as athletic director. Um, Mr. Schroyer said, Poke Nation, saddle up. Our time has now arrived. Will Wade assigned to a, according to reports, a five-year contract, um, reached out to will and uh he's excited and he said he will definitely come on the show i said you just name name, tell me when and uh and we'll make it happen so we'll go from there so congratulations whether you like him don't like him whatever you feel he can coach basketball he understands and recognizes talent And he'll have great talent on the floor for McNeese, and he's going to win a lot of basketball games. That I have absolutely no doubt about. Uh, The Pelicans won yesterday. Trey Murphy with a career high, 41, 41. But the Pels backed that win up after a loss to Oklahoma City and now 33 and 35 overall, tied with ninth seeded Utah, 10th seeded Oklahoma City, the Lakers at 11, the Pels at number 12. Pels 13 games out of first, just two games out of sixth, one game out of seventh. The LA Lakers Tuesday night at the Smoothie King Center. Huh. Must win? Yeah. Must win. And the best golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler, he won the Players' Championship, and he won about $4.5 million because of it. Plain and simple. All right, those are your headlines of the day. When we return, we'll start things off. Shelby Mast, how did he do in his bracket? What's the toughest regional? What's his final four going to be? And more. This is the Jordy Heltberg Show, and we'll be back after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's crawfish time in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is giving you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumblers, chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we're throwing in a pair of Astros tickets. 
tickets. Enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, the field of 68 on both the men's and women's tournament brackets have been revealed on the men's side. The first four begins Tuesday in Dayton. Texas A&M Corpus Christi versus Southeast Missouri State, a pair of 16 seeds, followed by a pair of 11s, Mississippi State versus Pittsburgh. And then on Wednesday, Johnny Jones has 16-seeded Texas Southern back in the dance for the third consecutive year. They'll take on 11-seeded Fairleigh Dickinson and then number 11, Arizona State, Bobby Hurley's club versus number 11, Nevada. So it starts Tuesday and Wednesday, and then everything gets underway in the field of 64. On Thursday, Shelby Mast of Shelby's Bracket WAG has been with us through the college basketball season. He's kind of here to to join us one more time to wrap it all up. Shelby, did you get some sleep last night, my friend? I did. It, it was a rare thing, but I liked it. <laughs> all right, so you're really good at this. How did you fare this year? I got 67 of 68 in the tournament. All 67 seated exact or within one, and the only one I missed was Rutgers, Nevada, and I'm glad I missed that one. Uh, I think the Scarlet Knights have a lot to complain about. Vanderbilt's another school. What did you think of? Uh, what did you think of the overall look of the bracket? I thought the committee did a good job. It seemed that they, rightfully so, penalized teams who played a weak out-of-conference schedule. Uh, perfect example is Rutgers. They left them out. Uh, A&M, people thought they should have been seated higher, but they they played a weak schedule, so they got knocked down a line. There were several okay. instances, instances throughout, but I think for the most part, they did a good job. Note to coaches, play a better non-conference schedule. The whole world will appreciate it. Um, and maybe people will start watching college basketball a little bit earlier in the season. Alabama's the number one overall seed. Houston, Purdue, Kansas. Were you surprised that Kansas was sent out west rather than go- staying home in the Midwest and be able to play in Kansas City? Yeah, it was kind of a ticky-tack thing, but they liked Houston more than Kansas, and their explanation didn't really make sense. Kansas had the most amount of quad one wins. Houston had just a handful. Um, you know, they had a home loss to Temple, and Kansas didn't have any loss like that. I, I was surprised, but, you know, they they thought it that's the way it should be. I'm going to name the t- top two seeds in each region. South, Alabama, Arizona. East, Purdue, Marquette. Midwest, Houston and Texas. And the West, Kansas and UCLA. I, I, I mean, Alabama, Arizona, that's got to be the toughest. That makes, I think, the South the toughest bracket. It could be. I think it, as both teams are playing really well right now. you got two Power Five Conference champions or tournament champions. Uh, the question is, can they get through to the Elite Eight? 
How much did season, uh, Shelby Mass with us? Houston lost their best player in Sasser. I don't know if he's going to be back. I have no no earthly idea, but they maintained the number one seed in the Midwest. Did that surprise you? Yeah, it did a little bit, but not that they were a one seed, but the fact that they were the second overall one seed, uh, it was probably too late in the season for them to evaluate that injury because uh, it just happened Saturday. Uh, so there's not a good sample size of games played without him. But from all everything I'm hearing, he's going to be fine. All right. We always talk about the five seed versus the 12 seed. It seems to be more upsets on that line than anywhere else. I'll go through these and tell me which 12 seed you think has the best chance at an upset. In the South, San Diego State's the five. Charleston, I think they have the most wins in college basketball. Charleston's the number 12 in the East. Duke, number five versus a really good Oral Roberts team in the West. St. Mary's is a five seed. VCU is a 12. And in the Midwest, it's number five, Miami versus another good team, 12 seed of Drake. I, I'm telling you, that's a hard one to pick. There might be several there that are upsets. There, there could be. I like that Drake over Miami. Uh, three weeks ago, I'd have taken Oral Roberts over Duke in a heartbeat. But Duke uh-huh. is really got it together and are healthy and they look strong. Uh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, the other one I think, I don't think San Diego uh, state is going to lose. I like that team and they're a good defensive team, uh, okay. and a veteran team. And that's what you want going into March madness. Uh, Charleston's going to be tough, but I, I don't see them winning. Uh, VCU over St. Mary's. That's a toss up to me. Uh, which means that's that's good. It's a close it's a close matchup in this part of the world. Uh, Bob Marlin's Louisiana uh, Raging Cajuns taking on Tennessee. Tennessee without their point guard makes the Volunteers susceptible as a four seed. Um, what what do you see there? I see a Louisiana win. Tennessee is wow. down a man. They haven't played too many games without him. Uh, it's going to be a different team facing Louisiana. And I, you know, Louisiana's a tough team, but Tennessee's a tough team too. But when you're a man down and it's a key player like that, yeah. that's uh, that's bad news. Specifically at the point guard position, the winner of that game will take on the winner of Duke and Oral Roberts. What uh, upper seed do you? do you see an issue with Kentucky takes on Providence Providence had a player from Kentucky who never played transferred to Providence. Now he's their leading scorer. Uh, Does the NCAA have a sense of humor when it comes to these things? Well, they're not supposed to, but that was kind of funny. Uh, (laughs) I, I don't, I can't, uh, Providence was one of those teams that I thought could miss. And with them being 11th seed, I was pretty much right. They were right there on the bubble, but I expect Kentucky to win that one. You got a final four for me yet? I do. You ready? I'm ready. I got uh, Texas against Gonzaga, Alabama versus Marquette. Yeah, wow. Marquette. How about the job Shaka Smart has done? Um, So you've got uh, one number one seed and a couple of uh, number two seeds in this thing. And a three seed in Gonzaga. 
in a three-seating Gonzaga. I like your picks, Shelby Mass. I like your picks. Um, is is Vanderbilt have reason to be upset or no? I don't. I don't think so. No, they they didn't do enough throughout the year, and despite what Jerry Stackhouse well, the Friday night on TV, kind of getting mad at the announcers for not picking this team. Uh, they didn't do enough. That's all there was to it. They had to win the tournament, and they didn't do it. All right, give me go, give me some picks on the 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 first four. A uh, and M Cor- Corpus Christi versus Southeast Missouri State. Who do you like? I got to go with the home state team, A and M. All right, Mississippi State Pitt. I'll go Mississippi State. They they were better, I thought. All right. On Wednesday, Texas Southern, Fairleigh Dickinson. I want to go home state again, but Fairleigh Dickinson has a winning record at least. All right. And then a big one. Boy, Bobby Hurley needs to win this one. Can Arizona State beat Nevada? I don't know. I, I think Nevada is lucky to be in, but they're a good team. They, they took some bad losses down the stretch, but I – Arizona State is just up and down. You don't want to know which team's going to show up. Uh, I'm going to go with Nevada. All right. Alabama and Gonzaga and Texas. And who was your fourth? Marquette. 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 Ooh, okay. Let's go. And, and who cuts down the – if Alabama plays to their level, nobody beats them, I think. I, maybe not, but Texas, if they play to their level, they're awful good, too. And I really, really want to see that game. Okay, there it is. Shelby Mast, you can go into hibernation now, my friend, and go relax and cook those ribs and enjoy life. And uh, God willing, we'll, we'll turn it around and do it again next year. I'm ready. We'll do it. All right, buddy boy. Thank you so much. Thanks. Shelby Mast, Shelby's bracket, W-A-G. <laughs> Got a bunch of number one seeds going down. I like it. I like it. Gonzaga, Marquette, Texas, and Alabama are his four in the final four. We'll take a quick time out here as we are broadcasting from the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction, LSU baseball report, LSU women's basketball report with Glenn West next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. They've got everything. Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction by the louisiana lottery you can't win until you start playing by dc's little capital exxon with their true soul food deli tucked away in the corner home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted and by cajun chef ah turn up the taste with cajun chef hot sauce this is the jordy holtberg show Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
right, let's get caught up to speed as we welcome you back on the latest in Tiger Town. Baseball continues to roll. Women's basketball knows who they play, when they play, where they play. And uh, nobody follows it better than our good friend, Mr. Glenn West. Glenn, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Hey, Jordy, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Where do we uh, let, let's start with women's basketball? Um, a three seed, uh, 28 and two. They're, they're punishing them for the, the non conference schedule. We know all about that. Kim Mulkey says it doesn't matter about the seeding, it matters about the matchup. Um, I think their beginning matchups look pretty good as far as them uh, surviving and getting to Greenville. Oh yeah, no, they're in a pretty good spot. I think when you when you look at this draw, um, you know certainly, you know I think there was a, a you know at one time they were going to be a, considered a two seed, but when you lose to Tennessee in that tournament, there I think that pretty much yeah. probably solidified things for them in terms of being the three seed. But um, you know, look, you got you know Michigan and UNLV on your side of the bracket um, in terms of a potential round of thirty two opponent. You know that's a six eleven battle. Um, that I think will be very interesting in the PMAC, but you get two games at home, which is really, really interesting, really fun. Uh, I remember, you know, last year that was a really ruckus atmosphere, and you know, I'm sure it'll be much of the same this year because I think this team is uh, certainly uh, a little bit more hyped than last year, a little bit better probably in some areas, and so um, really looking forward to seeing how they they handle this and if they can uh, advance in, into the Greenville's part of the of the tournament. And the good thing is LSU baseball is away. They're on the road. So people will, I mean, it's going to be packed. I don't know how, you know, how the tickets are going to be allocated. Each team gets a certain amount. And so it'll be, it'll be different. Now it'll be easier if LSU wins Friday, because a couple of teams will leave and they'll have the ability to fill that place up with a lot of LSU fans, even more so, but um pressure to get out of this regional last year they won one then they lost to ohio state ended up being a really good team uh the pressure's on to advance at least one more game further than they did this year last year yeah no i i absolutely agree i think if you're looking at this team you you you, you hope that it's a you know an elite eight potentially final four kind of team but um you know, I think you certainly got to get past this first weekend. I mean, uh, I think Hawaii is a team that you should be able to beat pretty handily. Right. Um, but this is a you know, look. This is a team that's kind of struggled. I think finding its, uh, you know, its 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 sweet spot in the last couple of weeks. They've had some turnover issues. They, um, you know, allowed Tennessee, I think, to score on them in the paint a little bit too much in that tournament loss. So um, they've they've got some things they got to work out. And Mulkey said that yesterday that they're gonna. Uh, be watching a lot of film and 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 making the right adjustments, but uh, certainly this is a team that has all the talent to to be a, a yep. major player here to go deep in the tournament. Yep. Well, one thing about the women's tournament, uh, the, those number one seeds, they, they're they're hard to beat. I don't. I saw a stat where no team lower than a three has ever gotten to the final four and won the darn thing. So uh, it's usually the ones and the twos that are battling it out in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, there's definitely a pair uh, you know, a, a power, power strain going yes. on right now. And in, in terms of the top teams versus everybody else, but yeah. uh, I think LSU is right there as one of those top teams. I think that's why you brought uh, Kim Mulkey here. She knows how to build programs the right way and uh, she's done it in very little time. So that's very, been very, very impressive to watch.
Glenn West with us uh, talking LSU baseball outscores five opponents, 56 to four. I don't care who you're playing against or where you're playing them, 56 to four. That tells me they're hitting it, and that tells me they're pitching it. How do yeah. you sum up the week of five straight wins, now 10 in a row? Yeah, I mean, look, last nine games, the pitching staff has given up nine runs, and you'll take that every time. Um, and, you know, I think they're just in a really good spot here uh, heading into SEC play. Um, you know, you can, you know, bicker about the non-conference schedule schedule to this point and say it hasn't been all that strong. But, um, you know, they're still number 12 in the RPI, which which kind of factors in strength of schedule. So, you know, you know, they're number one overall in a lot of the a lot of the polls, but you know, uh, in terms of strength of schedule, they're 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 getting there too. So, like, I mean, the, the, these next three opponents that you got in A and M, and then Arkansas, uh, and then Tennessee, that will certainly tell us a lot about where this team's going. Um, I think that uh, you know the they were able to. I think what you learned about this team in non conference play was that they'll be able to handle um, you know the the I guess quote unquote lesser opponents. You know, the guys they'll be able to take care of business. Uh, when you look ahead to the regional and certainly in the early SEC tournament uh, when you're playing some of the teams that are a little bit lower down in the conference. So, you know, I think it's going to be really um, – uh, you're going to learn a lot about this team over the next three weeks. This yeah. is kind of the the really the heart of their schedule too. I mean, this is – it doesn't get much tougher than Al, uh, than Arkansas and, and Tennessee and what they got coming, uh, you know, on the road at, at yeah. A&M this weekend as well. I mean, the worst team in the SEC West is Mississippi State. They're eleven and five. LSU's mm-hmm. fifteen and one. Texas A and M is twelve and four. In the East, Vanderbilt's got the worst record, twelve and five. South Carolina's sixteen. That's not a bad team in this conference. So, so we shall see. We know Paul Skeens is going to be the Friday night starter. I'll be shocked if Thatcher Hurd doesn't move in either Saturday or Sunday somewhere. He's just been dominant of late. Yeah, yeah, he was just named SEC Pitcher of the Week this week for his game um, a couple nights ago, and yeah, he's absolutely been electric. I mean, he was really good yesterday. Uh, seven strikeouts was was really good with the command. Um, you know, the fastball is getting up to ninety five, ninety six now. So um, yeah, I think he's going to be a big part of what they're doing next weekend. I think that was kind of the plan. You know, when you have five games in six days, you really got to try to stretch stuff out, but they only use seven pitchers this weekend because they run ruled um, Sanford three games in a row. So they only got into the seventh inning three times, uh, which allowed them to save some of their big bullets. Uh, They didn't pitch Christian little at all this weekend. So he'll be well rested. I'm sure he'll get a look uh, on Tuesday here just to kind of get his arm loose for, for the weekend. But um, yeah, I I like what they have with Hurd. Um, Ty Floyd had a really nice weekend as well on the mound. Um, but the offense has been the, the big storyline the last couple of weeks, and those guys are really starting to hit their stride, which is really good to see. I mean, okay, um, he's healthy, and Tommy White just keeps hitting it out the yard at third. Uh, at f- I don't know how you take Jared Jones out of the lineup at first. I don't know how you do that, and Paxton Kling may be better than all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kling's been really good. Um, I think he went 15 of 22 or 15 of 23 uh, over the last five or six games that he's been in the starting lineup. Uh, Been really consistent. They've had him lead off a couple of games, too. Shows you the trust that Jay Johnson has in him. Um, Jared Jones has knocked four home runs. He had a stretch this weekend where he hit 
uh, four home runs and four straight at bats. So um, <laughs> he's seeing beach balls right now. I think, um, you know, you mentioned it with Tommy White. He's starting to really find his groove here. And then and then Dylan Cruz is just well, been a man on a man on a mission. He's batting yeah. over 500. His on base percentage is well over 620. I mean, he's just been uh, e- extremely, extremely valuable and a guy that I think is going to be the number one pick. I mean, he's proving it week in and week out. Uh, Tuesday, New Orleans, UNO comes to town. Former Tiger Blake Dean, the head coach, just got his 200th win. Yep. So congratulations to him. And then you head to Texas A&M Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So 15-1 and one overall. The pitching's been really good. Fielding's been outstanding. Yeah. Hitting's been even better. What is it? What is Jay Johnson doing? What's he thinking as he's getting ready to head into this gauntlet of the SEC? Where, where does he need to? What is he not sure of, if anything? He's got a lot of good problems on his hands. That's for sure. I mean, he, you know, I, I think probably the one area that might concern him a little bit is the fact that they haven't been able to throw all these pitchers as consistently as they would have liked. Um, I mean, they've used a lot of their top end guys and those guys are battle tested and ready to go. Um, but there are also other contributors who, you know, haven't seen the body of work this year. Griffin Herring is a guy he's mentioned a lot as a true freshman that they hope to get out. He didn't see Chase Shores at all this weekend who had started the previous three weeks. Um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he gets the starting nod tomorrow um, against uh, against UNO. But, um, you know, there's, there's there's just a lot of a lot of arms on this team that they feel like can help contribute in SEC play. And, you know, they won't even get a chance to see them now until until league play begins. And so um, that's that's probably if there's one area that, you know, is a little bit concerning, it would be that. But I mean, again, that means that your pitchers are pitching phenomenally and that you're in a really good spot either way. I know in every level of baseball. That manager, coach, whatever you want to call them, when when it gets down to that eighth inning and the game is tight, you you gotta have that guy that you go to that's your closer. You gotta mm-hmm. have and I know Jay's talking about, well, it's about matchups, this, that, and we can go here that no, 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 no. Who's the guy? Who is the guy? I think it's Christian Little. I think they really trust him. Okay. Um I don't think he's given up. I don't think he's given up a run yet this year. I might be wrong on that. He might have given up one or two, but he's been elite, elite out of the bullpen for them. Uh, they've used him in a lot of different scenarios, whether it's a middle relief, middle inning kind of guy or an end of game kind of guy. Um, but he's he's somebody that I think they have complete trust in at this point um, to be able to close out a tight game. Um, he, uh, you know, Nate Ackenhausen's another name that comes to mind. He pitched really well. Uh, in that game against Texas, it was actually Ackenhausen and Little that kind of preserved that shutout over the last three innings uh, that really gave the LSU offense against Texas that time to to get the big Dugas home run. So I think that is probably uh, a really good model for how they want to approach tight games. And and certainly Little, uh, Ackenhausen, and, and, and Chase Shores is another guy that I think uh, that they'll be able to use in those kinds of spots. Friday Skeens, who's your Saturday starter? I'm riding with Ty Floyd. I think they've they found kind of a, a one two three punch that's worked over the last couple of weeks, and I don't think you got to mess with it. I think you'll see Shores Friday, Floyd Saturday, and uh, Hurd on Sunday. I think that's kind of the the, the three man punch that they've gone with the last couple of weeks, and I think it's going to really do wonders for them in SEC play. I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, 
Glenn West, kind enough to join us. Meanwhile, football's on kind of a hiatus with spring break, but recruiting never stops. Linebacker Davon Keys of Aledo, Texas, committed to LSU. Um, they say he's only a three-star, but now that he's committed to LSU, he'll go up. But he, I guess when you choose LSU over Alabama, TCU, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma, maybe these people think he's a little bit better than a three-star. Yeah, I mean, he's coming out of Alito High School, and that's produced some really, really great talent out of Texas the last couple of years. JoJo Earl is a receiver at Alabama okay. right now. He was actually committed to LSU a couple of years ago, and he's doing really well at Alabama. But, um, yeah, this this is another really big pickup. I mean, they needed some linebacker help. Uh, Keys is a guy that's going to be able to help out uh, in that area. They've actually, you know, if you look at kind of their commit so far, linebacker has been a huge point of emphasis. In yeah, yeah. Let me emphasize this is the class of 2024. Yes. Yeah. So next year, so the next year's class that's coming in. Um, you know, they got Maurice Williams, who's a top 100 prospect out of Texas as well. So um they're they're doing their due diligence on that. I think they realize that you're only gonna have Harold Perkins for two more years, so you better be ready for when he's gone. Um, and you know, they've they've got some some transfer some transfers and some older guys in that room right now. So they've got to get younger uh at linebacker, and that's certainly been an emphasis for him. And Keys was a good pickup. I don't follow softball that much. I, I just read that Beth Torina got her six hundredth career victory and they are uh nine. Let's see, what are they this season? They're 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 pretty good. Um, yeah. They beat yeah. South Carolina. They're playing a doubleheader today, I think. Um, I so think they do lots of doubleheaders for softball. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I can't begin to explain, um, you know, how well they're doing this year. I know that Tarina's done a phenomenal job with with that program over the last several years, but. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of background on softball. I apologize. I don't either, but no offense, Beth, uh, but good luck. Uh, she, she's um, 600 wins, 315 losses uh, over a 16-year coaching career. So good good for her. I know Allie Kilponen's good. She's un, unbeaten and we went, unbeaten. She's 7-0. and oh. We went 15 minutes and no Will Wade talk. He's just well, right I down the street you. from you at McNeese. I mean, I know. I, I already reached out and congratulated him. He said, thank you. It's great to be back in Louisiana. I, I don't know what's going to happen when the NCAA lowers the boom and, you know, and, and says you're suspended and you can't do this. But they're, they're rolling the dice. Good for McNeese. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. They, they went for the Grand Slam hire. And, you know, I think, you know, there's obviously some uh, some 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 baggage that comes with Coach Wade, but certainly – uh, after you get they out of this initial, talent. yeah, I mean, he's going to bring in talent. That's yeah. the thing. Like he's going to have some players ready to go for him when he gets here and when he gets there. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be really interested to see how, you know, the in-state recruiting goes for LSU because, you know, Wade's got a lot of connections he's built over the last five years. Yeah. And so you're not, you're, you know, I don't think you're going to be in a, a sore spot in terms of the high end talent in the state, but if there's a, you know, diamond in the rough that you find that's also oh, yeah. being recruited by McNeese, you, you're going to have a battle on your hands. And so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to follow for sure. Uh, Cam Thomas do it in Brooklyn. Nas Reed in Minnesota. Yeah. He's become a big time. Watford, Watford up in Watford. Portland's been yeah, a key rotation I mean, piece. Uh, Cam all. Thomas scores every time he gets in the game. <laughs> Look, they got a beautiful facility at, at McNeese. And yeah. they're going to be fun to watch because he, yeah. he don't play much defense. But offense, yeah. uh, he'll have guys that can put the ball in the basket. Glenn West, we got Will Wade in for you. Thank you.
Appreciate it, bud. Right. Talk to you next All week. Right. Thanks, Jordy. Talk to Glenn you. Glenn West, go 247 Sports with us. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back and we'll wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game charity golf scramble benefiting Redbird Ministries, sponsored by Courtesy Brobridge. Hit the links at Farm Day Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who've been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a great day with the staff at the game and courtesy Brobridge. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course next Monday, a week from today, while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can and we will make a difference. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Right, we're back as we wrap up our number one coming up our number two we'll hear from uh new saint Derek carr we'll hear from uh dennis allen we'll tell you a couple of saints uh they have a new set of starting defensive tackles in 2023 a couple of free agents have flown the coop ali cassell will join us the pels get a win Big, big-time matchup with the L.A. Lakers tomorrow at the Smoothie King Center. We'll talk all about that. We'll get Blake Rafino's thoughts on LSU football, LSU basketball, LSU baseball, and all in between coming your way in our number two. So uh, get your brackets ready. Fill them out. I don't do brackets. I just don't. Uh, I never have. I just don't do it. Um, but you do it because it's fun. You do it. And uh, so we know that the Cajuns will take on Tennessee Thursday in Orlando. LSU's women will take on Hawaii Friday afternoon at 430. So there you go. There you go. Our number two of the Jordy Heldberg Show. Straight ahead after the top of the hour sports update and these very important messages. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Our number two of two, and away we go on a day when Will Wade was introduced as the new head basketball coach at McNeese State. We know the brackets are out for the NCAA tournament. The Raging Cajuns, a 13th seed, will take on fourth-seeded Tennessee Thursday, 7.40 p.m. in Orlando. Meanwhile, LSU's Kim Mulkey's team uh, as a number three seed will host the 14th seed Hawaii Rainbows Friday 
at 4.30 inside Pete's Palace. On the football front, the Las Vegas Raiders, according to sources, have, have filled their quarterback need by signing Jimmy Garoppolo. Still no word for Aaron Rodgers as Green Bay and the New York Jets wait and wait and wait. We shall see. I said it earlier, the New Orleans Saints in free agency have lost David Anyamata, who agreed to a three-year, $35 million contract with 24 and a half guaranteed to the Atlanta Falcons. His running mate, Shai Tuttle, his agent announced that he signed a three-year, $19.5 million deal that includes $13 million guaranteed with the Carolina Panthers. So two Saints staying in the NFC South. The Saints need defensive linemen. They don't need a quarterback because they have gotten their guy in Derek Carr. Derek Carr sat down at a Pelicans game and then was introduced to the media. And he said uh, this about going to a new team after being with a team for so long. One, it's hard because I love so many people there, um, you know, and at the, at the same time, it's a breath of fresh air because I get to reinvent myself and really prove it again. You know, I, I got, I mean, I'd be lying to you say I didn't have a chip on my shoulder with how everything finished. You know, I didn't plan on or dream of it finishing that way. That's for sure. And, um, you know, when I was told of, you know, why, and I understood the business side of why certain things were happening, all that. I mean, I get it, but, you know, for, for me as a competitor, I wanted to finish with my teammates and all that kind of stuff. It, it lit a fire in me um, that I've always had, but it just made it hotter, you know, and it, it, it gave me this excitement to, okay, I can't wait to get into another building and, and show everybody, you know, just what, I, just what I'm capable of and just what I can do. Love it. Love it. Didn't promise wins, but he did promise perfection in effort. And I love that. He was the Saints' absolute number one option. And one of those that were recruiting him was Michael Thomas. And Derek Carr loves him some MT. Yeah, I would say, I mean, really just in the recent has been the most we've talked. You know, obviously as players, we know each other and have a respect and all those kind of things, right? Um, and you have a lot of those relationships throughout the year. But, you know, me and, me and Mike, we've you know gotten close through this process and talking. And, you know, the first time I talked to him on the phone, I don't think he wanted me to get off the phone. You know, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. And I, I told Mickey, I was like, you talk to Mike Thomas. And you feel like you two could go out there and face the world. You know, I, I told my wife when I got off the phone. And she was like, why are you smiling? I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> you know, he's so competitive, you know. And, uh, you know, I think just the energy that he brings – you know, uh, it would be a very exciting times to throw him the football for sure. So, um, you know, when when he started recruiting and talking to me and all that, he he wouldn't even like try and recruit me. He's just like, hey, when are we getting to work? We're wasting time. You know, uh, you know, time's ticking. You know, I, and I was like, yeah, I feel the same way. But time, t we'll get there. But uh, you know, I think that our relationship has grown through this process, and I look forward to hopefully making that relationship grow even stronger. Amen. Don't have to be a genius to read between those tea, tea leaves. Sounds to me Michael Thomas is back, and he can't wait till Derek Carr throws the ball to him. 
just stay healthy, Michael Thomas, and this offense will start to click. And meanwhile, the cock is ticking on Dennis Allen. He got his one mulligan. He's back, but he better win. And to win, he's got to improve the roster. We talked about Anyamata and Tuttle, gone, defensive line. So Dennis Allen, how in the heck are you going to be attacking free agency? Well, look, I, I think um, I think first and foremost, you know, we're, we're we're trying to see what we can do within our own building, you know, in terms of trying to get some of our guys back, um, and and that would be option A. Um, we'll see what's out there in terms of the, the the market. I don't see us, you know, going out in the first day or two of free agency and having some big splash. Uh, acquisition. I think we'll do what we've always done here is um, we'll kind of monitor the market and, and see what players fit what we want to do and how we want to do things. And if there's a good fit there, we'll uh, we'll pull the trigger on it. Um, and if not, we'll go through the draft process and, and, and let that play out. So um, but but yet this was, you know, in our mind, this was a, a big domino to fall and, and everything else, I think, kind of falls into place after that. Okay. Um, that's, that's true. When Allen introduced Derek Carr at the outset of the news conference, he, qu- he he stated that he wanted to assure Saints fans that their new quarterback is quicker at making decisions on the field than he is at making them off the field. Got a chuckle on that one. The Saints jumped to the front of the line uh, when the Raiders gave Carr permission to talk to other teams in search of a trade. They were the first. They were the most persistent. They let Derek Carr know that he was clearly the Saints' number one option. Um, they told him the truth about how the Saints felt about him, how the organization operates. Dennis Allen said it's easy to sell the truth. Um, Derek Carr said they came out first, even tried to trade for me. That feeling of being wanted that much is kind of nice. Yes, yes. Um just to show you how little they knew about New Orleans uh, and nothing against this establishment, but Carr took his family to eat at Chipotle because we didn't know anything about the city. Um, Well, they know a little bit differently now. Um, So the family went on a vacation to Mexico. Carr texted Drew Brees, the quarterback he's replacing. Uh, When Brees called back, Carr peppered him with questions about the organization, the community, Mickey Loomis, Pete Carmichael, um, even where where to go eat. And um, that was all she wrote. So the deal is done. The tide is set. And now we just got to improve the rest of the organization. But listening to him, I love this guy. I love him. Let's go to work and let's get busy. Meanwhile, across the street, the Pels are fighting. The season is winding down. Can they make it into into the top 10? Right now, they're on the outside looking in at number 12, but one game separates them from from seven. It's that kind of crazy deal. They got to get on a roll. Starting Tuesday against the Lakers might be a great way to back up a win that they just got over Portland. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights joins us after this timeout. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The monster trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome. The toughest monster truck tour returns March 17th and 18th. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is a VIP package to the toughest monster truck tour. Enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com. A VIP package includes four tickets, access to the pit area, a merchandise certificate, and lunch with the truck drivers on that Friday. The toughest monster truck tour is coming back back and you could win a vip package courtesy of the game southwest louisiana sports station every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the jordy holberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros in southwest louisiana all right welcome back while the New Orleans Saints are in the throes of, you know, trying to get their roster in shape, the New Orleans Pelicans are trying to to make some hay while the sun is shining. Coming off a bad performance and a home loss to Oklahoma City, the second game of a back-to-back against Portland. Thank goodness Dame Lillard wasn't playing. I don't know if it would have mattered because the Pels dominated and won it 127 to 110. Ali Cassell, as we come down the stretch of the regular season from at the Bird Rights, kind enough to join us. Ali, good afternoon, sir, and welcome. Maybe, maybe Trey Murphy needs to have mom and dad in the arena more often. Yes. I, you know, I would agree with that sentiment, but I'll tell you what, they're almost there for every single game. I think the biggest key to that game was his teammates. They looked for him, right? He, he was running yeah. off of screens. They were setting perfect screens against the zone defense that Portland was trying to employ. And he always found a seam, whether he was sidestepping somebody, walking into a shot. If Trey can play like that all the time, the Pelicans would be so much more dangerous. I'll tell you what, that, that was an impressive thing to see. And considering how... Just a year ago, he finally entered the regular rotation for the first time. It was just a year ago to the strides he's made. It's impressive. I know we put him on a pedestal, right? We want these young guys to come in because we're tantalized by all the things they can do in just one game. But it takes a while. So last night, hopefully we'll start seeing more of that. 9 of 14 from downtown, 41 points, a career high in just 30 minutes. He's just the fourth player in the league to score 40 or more points in 30 or fewer minutes this season. For him to do, it's it's asking, it's impossible for him to duplicate that on a consistent basis. But what's nice is five players in double figures, 34 assists on 43 made field goals. We share because we care, right? Exactly. The Pelicans' problem all season was, of course, usually the three-point shot, right? They, they shot pretty decently out of the gates for the first six, seven weeks, and then it kind of abandoned them. Well, they finally found their groove again. I know individually some players have been fine through their ups and downs, like C.J. McCollum, for instance. He had that great two-month stretch, but you yeah. need more than that. And so it's good to see, I think since um, – over the last six games, they haven't shot worse than 34.5% from three. So if you do that, as you that's know, good. Jordy, that's the biggest you know difference maker in the game today. If you shoot, shoot at least decently, you've got a good chance to win. If you shoot well, there's a great chance you're going to win. That's just today's NBA. 
Ali Cassell had a smile on his face like it was Christmas because his boy was back on the court. Larry Nance Jr. You love that guy. Oh, I think he, he's so instrumental to this team simply because of the veteran presence, but also it's just what he can do out there for you on the court, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a plotting center's game anymore. So even though Jonas is incredibly talented and Billy, you know, Hernan Gomez gives you everything he, he does and it's great on the glass. There's so many defic- deficiencies in their games, largely because they, they're just not, mo- not mobile enough. Larry Nance is, and I know he only played a handful of minutes, and boy, he picked up three quick fouls, but guess, guess what? He was a plus, I want to say like a 14 or so in the plus minus, and it just wow. showed you, right? Defensively, yeah. he can switch on to anybody. He makes the right play. Yeah. He sets screens. He just does, does all the... those intangibles that I feel like yes. the rest Every of the centers, right, they don't one. give you. Yeah, every team needs one, and Larry Nance fills that role. Now we have to wait and see. Give me the update. Uh, I'm going to give you three of them, and you tell me one at a time. What's the status on Brandon Ingram? What's the latest on him? It sounds like Brandon's going to – I'd say more than 50-50 he's going to be able to play against the Lakers. Saw him warm up, and he looked really good in his pregame warm-ups last two games right over the weekend. where he, His movement, it didn't look like it was at all inhibited because of that right ankle that he uh, rolled over in uh, back-to-back games, right, against the Kings and against the Mavericks. So I think he's going to be able to go. Um, and and that, that would be great, right? Normally when he misses, you know, something due to even the smallest of injury, he misses seven games. Well, it looks yeah. like this should only be two. Tape him up and let's go. Let's go. Time's running out. Not many people talking about it, but I think he's so valuable. What's going on with Jose Alvarado? Yeah, well, Jose's in a much different category, right, to where they found a stress reaction in in, uh, in one of his legs, the tibia. And, you know, if you keep playing on something like that, that there's a good chance that leg could break, right? That happened to Drew Holiday. Mm. Um, mm. You've got to be very mindful, right, when the bone starts showing a little bit of cracks in it. Like I said, that's a bad precursor, right, because that's overuse, right? He just yeah. needs rest. So. Don't, not sure when he can return, but the Pelicans said something along the lines of when they first discovered the injury, they would take three weeks of uh, rest for him and then reevaluate him. So it's all going to come down to the imaging. If this shows yeah. that bone's completely healed back up, right, there's no, no kind of things to worry about, like a crack, like I said, then we should see him shortly. But if not, well, his season might be over. Yeah. I hate when they say that reevaluate because we've said that a bunch about <laughs> Zion. Um, they've said reevaluate in a couple of weeks. Does he have one more week left in those couple of weeks? And then we look at him as imaging again. Right. Zion's going to get uh, another set of M- M- an MRI set of scans. And hopefully that shows that he's good to ramp up. We were hoping that for last time, but that wasn't the case. So we, we need to have his hamstring looking fully healthy. So, like I said, then he can do that process to where he starts running, right? Legitimately running up and down the court, one-on-one, three-on-three, then moving on to five-on-five. He got real close to returning last time, right, before he suffered that setback. Hopefully, if, he, if, he, if those scans come back, Jordy, he could take about two and a half weeks of ramping up, and then we could still get him for a handful of regular season games in April, I think. Fourteen games left. That's it, Ali. Fourteen yeah, games <laughs> left. You got the Lakers tomorrow night. There's a four-way tie. Utah, 
Oklahoma City, the Lakers, and the Pelicans with 14 games left. All four of those teams are just one game out of seventh, two games out of sixth. A lot of teams to leapfrog, so you got to get a lot of help. Tuesday night's game is humongous for this franchise. Oh, it is. And wouldn't you know it, it's the Lakers, right? Think yep. back to last season, how Pelicans had a couple crucial games against them coming down the stretch, and, and they posted wins in all of them. Um, it's going to be called upon for them to do the same thing again, right? Lakers are in direct competition for one of those playing spots. You've got to push all those teams above you, below you. And it's funny, you mentioned that, Jordy, that four teams are tied, and you alluded to the fact, but Minnesota's playing tonight, so are Dallas. If they yep. both lose, yeah, a six-way tie for seventh Good could point. be very much possibly in the cards after tonight's uh, round of action. Golly sakes alive. Um, I'm trying to see who what the schedule is. Let's see. We've got, um, let's see, Minnesota's at Atlanta. And let's see, Utah, Utah, Utah. Utah is at Miami. So certainly possible that we could have a six-way tie in this thing. Dallas is hosting Memphis, so you mm-hmm. never know with that one. Um, Golden State's at home. They don't lose, but they got to host Phoenix. So anyway, it, it, this thing's going down to the wire. Um, what What is it about the what, – what do they have to do? What are – I mean, they, they – they play great one game and then they suck out the building the next game. And there's no consistency here, Ali. No, and, and that's the biggest problem. But I'll tell you what, just about every other team in this Western Conference is going through the same thing, right? Nobody's running away with it. Even the yeah. De- Denver Nuggets, who clearly are going to finish in first in the right. West, they're going through the worst stretch of the season, right? They've lost three in a row. They've had some bad losses, too, yeah. Um, yeah. over the last couple of weeks. And, and everybody else, you look at just the last 10, nobody's really, like I said, blowing it out of the water. I mean, the Lakers, sure, they've gone 7-3. and three, But you know what? They're going to be without LeBron James, it looks like, for the rest of this regular season. So mm-hmm. they're not a safe bet. The Suns, they don't have Durant till at least the playoffs. So even though they're in fourth, who's to say how they finish? So that's why yeah. it's hard, I think, to quit the Pelicans. Because we see, right? We, we saw what they did at the start of the season. But as you just mentioned, how great they can play on a given night like they did last night. So the key's yeah. going to be really... DJ's going to have to stay consistent. They have to have some consistency from somewhere. Hopefully Brandon right. comes back, so that gives you a good one-two punch. And I'll tell you what, I'm confident about CJ, by the way, because ever since he's gone to a smaller splint with that right thumb, it's worked wonders. His shot looks fantastic. The handle's much better. He just looks more confident. He's not fidgeting around with it in the games. And then if you keep having Trey right, get a good amount of looks and his confidence stays high, plus got to mention Herb. Herb has played really well for them. Not just defensively. He's now giving you something on offense to where he's either grabbing a rebound and pushing the break, right? Either scoring or making a play for another. Or he's just moving more on offense to where he's just not sitting in the corner, right? That's what teams want for him to do. He's not a good three point shooter. They, Pelicans throw him the ball. He shoots it. He misses, of course. Now they've got him consistently on the move, playing a lot more at the four and the five. And I think that's unlocked his game. That's where he's at his best. So he's playing at an all time best for the season right now. So. There's a lot of things that are kind of positively trending, right? You got Larry back too. I think this it's gettable. I really think that the Pelicans well, can make a decent run, right? But it starts with what we said last week. You got to get these games right here in front of you. So yes, we'll beat the Lakers, then yes. get the next four. If you can go five and zero, right, and all of a sudden a six game winning streak, so yes. you've got to like the Pelicans' chances of maybe even finishing in the top six. And it's reasonable. 
I mean, it's but they have to have, as we said the last time we talked, they've got to have a sense of urgency. They got to value the basketball, and and they're so much better offensively, Ali. When instead of pounding it, pounding it, pounding it, man, they're moving the ball side to side, getting to the other side of the court, making that defense adjust, and then penetrating and taking it to the basket, or penetrating and kicking it out. Um, Trey Murphy is much better as a catch and shoot than a guy that has to put the ball on the deck and, and pull up and shoot a mid range jumper. So you got to penetrate, make that defense collapse, kick it out. And, and, and how, what's the health of Valanchunas? How's he doing? You know, he doesn't look like he's at a hundred percent. He you, does you not. Even last night, right? He's just not yeah. moving the same, but you know, he's just got to give the Pelicans say 20 to 25 minutes. And I'll tell you what, he beat up on Nurkic in their one-on-one matchup. He made his life miserable. Right, whether it's a couple block shots, beating him up inside the paint to get to the rim. So he's going to get you what he normally does. He's going to get you at least 10 and 10, probably. And unfortunately, that's all he's able to give you. But now with Larry back, and, you know, normally Jackson's been playing better. And I like to say, I like Herbert the five. You know, Jonas isn't that big of a factor going down a stretch, I think. Got it. Well, we just got to get, uh, Pell's got to get Ingram back in um, and, uh, and await Zion. But they, again, they have got to get that win t- on Tuesday and they've got to win against the Rockets and the Spurs. They got to get these wins or it's over because that last five or six games, sh- that ain't going to be easy, my friend, unless Denver says, look, we, we've got this thing wrapped up and we're going to rest everybody. Sacramento, we're going to Memphis, we're going to rest everybody because we can't catch Denver and we like our matchup and we like our second seed or third seed. We're much better. You know, that's that's the only way. Yeah, teams do jockey, right? I mean, I know yeah. CJ's told us a couple of times this season already how teams really do look at the stings down the stretch and figure out who they want to end up playing. And I could definitely foresee maybe the Pelicans winding up on the fortunate side of things in a couple of those matchups right down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes. You've got to first get these games in front of you. I mean, right. If you go 5-0, right. and 4-1, oh, and one, something along those lines, you're going to put yourself in a real good position. Have you ever seen a team like Golden State? They're 28 uh, no. <laughs> and 7 at home, 7 and 26 on the road. Do they forget how to play when they pack a suitcase? Jordy, I've watched a lot of their games, and at home – it's not that they look unbeatable, but they just look better, right? I thought the Pelicans should have beaten them out there, but that was, of course, without Steph. But still, they always walk into wins, right, whether it's close or not. But on the road, they just look miserable. They can't guard anybody, and yeah. the offense doesn't re- isn't really there. So I don't understand it. Like, like you just said, you read off the records. It, it really – we've never seen anything like it. A championship team – Coming back the next season, looking so, again, dominant at home, but can't figure it out on the road for the entire season. I'll tell you what, all it does for me is I don't like their chances coming up in the playoffs, right? It's just hard to pin any hopes on a team that's just so up and down with that kind of differential. Yeah. Team with the best road record in the West? Sacramento, 19-13. and Unbelievable. Who'd have thunk it? They're the biggest surprise of the year to me, Sacramento. God bless them. 40-26. and Right, Jordy. Mike Brown has to be your your head coach of the year, right? I yes. mean, it's tough to argue yes. against him not winning it. The only thing I wish for the Kings is they just had some kind of playoff experience, because otherwise, you would think that maybe they could come out of the Western Conference Finals or at least get to that game, because there's nobody playing better. They smashed the Pelicans. They're smashing everybody. They've got the best yeah. offense in the league, and De'Aaron Fox, he's the best performer in clutch minutes, so they've got a lot of good key ingredients. 
like I said, that inexperience, I think, is just going to come back and bite him, right? Because the playoffs is a different beast, as we know. No doubt about it. Uh, let's get a high draft pick and go get that Brandon Miller from Alabama. Dude can play. Hey, Victor Wembayana, I understand. He's going to be the first pick. That Brandon Miller can play, man. He can play. Right. I watched some of those games in the SEC oh. tournament with Miller right in Alabama. He is so fluid, right? The jumper looks pretty darn good, but I like his decision-making, right? I saw him take a charge. He already thinks the game really well. So it it just comes natural for him. Unlike a lot of these players that come into the NBA, he looks like the real deal. I mean, his size and athleticism, yeah. I mean, if you don't get Wimbenyam, and I really like Scoot, too, Miller's got to be the third-best player coming out of the draft. Ooh, (laughs) telling you what, you get him, you in business. I'm telling you, you're in business. Ali Cassell, got to get the Lakers. Got to get them. So um, let's do it. Let's do it, and then we'll reassess from there. But this is this is the most critical stretch these next two weeks of the Pelicans' lives. Either they sink like or they swim game, in these Jordy. next two weeks. That's one good thing. Lakers coming here, you know the Smoothie King Center is going to be packed and loud. Yep. And with them yep. not having LeBron, I'm, I'm going to be real interested to see the Pelicans jump on them early. They might be able to do what they did last night, right? Make just yep. run away with it. That's what you want to see. You're the best, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely, Jordy. Take care, buddy. Take care. We'll take a timeout. Blake Rafino next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana by Ducks. Cleaning America's air from the inside out. That dryer vent. Get it cleaned out. Save you money. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Sounds complicated? It is anything but. It's easy, and it works. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you're ever going to taste. And by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, Before we get to our next guest, one little update. Uh, Alvin Kamara, according to um, the NFL Network, has restructured his contract. And per over the cap, a restructure would save New Orleans $7.1 million against the salary cap for 2023. So wheeling and dealing and doing things, and uh, that's what it's all about. That's how the Saints keep kicking that can down the road, man, down the road. Um, he always kicks the can because he's got uh, a great podcast, the Are You Serious podcast, and we are thrilled that each and every Monday he joins us. Blake Rafino, what's happening, my man? How are you? What's going on, Jordy? Doing good. 
Well, we can talk basketball. We can talk baseball. We can talk football. Please, Where do you want to start? start? Basketball. Where do yeah, you want to start? Let's start. Um, Jordy, I'm a proud Southeastern Louisiana alum. How about that? So for the today, first time ever. No, absolutely not. But the, the for today for the Magnese AD to come out and say that they're a sleeping giant. When Southeastern football, and he said that in all, his quote is, in all sports they're a sleeping giant. When they've lost eight of the last 11 to Southeastern Louisiana. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. I was, talking, come on now. I was talking the Southeastern women who were in the NCAA tournament for the first time. They play Friday against the best player in the tournament, Caitlin Clark with <laughs> Iowa. But Coach Cazardo got him in the dance. That's awesome. Love her to death. Jordy grew up around her. Um, great basketball mind, better human. Um, yep. So how about how about them Lions? Um, couldn't have happened right. to a better person. Couldn't have happened to a better she, person, Jordy. Really couldn't have. She is terrific. I know her very well. She is absolutely terrific. Thrilled, thrilled for them. Does Will Wade uh, move the meter for you at McNeese? Uh, it moves the meter in reference to what's going to happen at LSU. Right. I mean, so either Magnese is making a really good hire in reference to, you know, like nothing going to happen to Will Wade or they're making a boneheaded hire and something is going to happen. I, I, I don't know. But, I, 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 Jordy, I'm to the point where I'm just to the point where I'm getting highly aggravated. I'm sure as most fans are in reference to. Like, can we go ahead and, and get this over with, right? I mean, Let me ask you a, a, a year ago, a year ago yesterday, Jordy, literally, thank God for Facebook memories. A year ago yesterday is literally a year ago that Will Wade got fired for after yep. the notice of allegations. What takes so long? Oh, it's just. Let, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't the athletic director at McNeese, Mister Schroyer? former coach there, wouldn't he have to call and say, look, call the NCAA? Well, look, we're going to hire – we want to hire Will Wade. I mean, is he – can we do that? Is he can? Is he going to be our coach? Is he going to be uh, – I mean, is he going to be banned for life or what? I mean, don't you have to do that? You had well, you would hope that he did that. Now, did he? I don't know because not only did they today – save Will Wade from the press, but they put it in a very excluded area to where it's not like on the front page to where you, like you're going to have to go read the article of his answers, questions and answers. I don't want to hear that. I, I want to hear somebody up, up at the podium, ask him what is going to go on with the NCAA. So, yeah. but I, I think it's a good sign for everybody. And look, I don't, Jordy, the, the biggest night, the the most naive thing for people is like when you have a take against Will Wade. It's oh, you hate Will Wade. That's just not true. It's just right. not true. I don't hate Will Wade. He's a great dude. It, he really is a good dude. But yep. he messed up, and you got to call out what happened to be bad, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm the wrong one. Maybe I'm looking at this in the wrong light. But it's still against the rules for a coach to pay players, and it's also against the rules 
to use $15,000 in hush money. Okay? You can't pay people to be quiet, especially during an FBI investigation. So yeah. that's what the notice of allegation was. And I don't know if people just didn't take the time to read it. I mean, when, when, when it came out yesterday, I went back on my Facebook memories from AYS and went back and reread it, and that was the number two thing on there. That he that he actively used a joint bank account with him and his wife to pay people that's, to not that's right. to, to not talk about the investigation. That is correct. Well, we shall see if yep. you know it, it sounds great today. We'll see what the NCAA and that committee has has found and what their verdict is. <laughs> we, we'll see. We'll see. One thing I know for right. sure, LSU baseball. LSU baseball is pretty good. Um, they're outscoring yep. teams like crazy. Give me your weekend rotation based on what I know it's going to be Paul Skeens, but that's your herd's got to be in there, doesn't he? Yeah, I think you found it. I think that you got to roll this weekend with what you did this past weekend. Now, that's not to say that Jay won't make some changes because he's made changes all season, but I think that you got to roll with Ty Floyd on Saturday and yep. Thatcher Hurd on Sunday. Just yep. how dominant they've been. Thatcher Hurd had two starts this week and pitched 18 innings, had no runs on only a minimal amount of hits. So, I mean, I, I understand that they're not playing elite opponents, but it went up against Texas in a hostile crowd. It was the first time you're on the road. Jordan, they were on the road for, uh, for six days, and then they yep. came back on the seventh day. That's a long time to be on the road in college baseball. Now, it happens in MLB, but – it, the only time that they'll be on the road longer than seven days, meaning this team, will be in Omaha. So, I mean, it's a good early test. They went three and one in that in, in that span. So, I, I think that that'd be my rotation. Now, the ultimate question that I have, Jordy, is what do you do with Chase Shores? Okay, because the talented freshman has been a little wild at times, but there's not a lot of many human beings that throws the ball 99 to 100 miles an hour or can get up to that pretty frequently. So I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But the biggest thing, the biggest pitcher, Jordy, that I'm looking out for as SEC play is here is uh, the pitcher out of East Oklahoma, and that's Nate Ackenhausen. He, he's not giving up a run. He's only given up five hits, and he has the most relief time out of anybody outside not named Christian Little. So right. he's been flawless, and Christian Little's also been flawless. So I think that they have five nope. guys that they absolutely needed to come out and start that they could, but I think yep. that you have your weekend rotation. And those two, Atkinson, uh, and, and Little, those, those one of them is going to be your closer, I think. It might be Little. Well, it, 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 I think it's going to be Little, but then but then Jay says, yeah, we, we, we're thinking about Christian Little to be our, to be our closer. <laughs> and then the next morning, or the next day he rolls them out there and he starts. Yeah. So, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, but, it, it, but I think that that's what's going to happen. I'm with you. I think, yeah, the pressure cooker's starting. You're getting ready to play league play. That's 30 games. All these teams are good. You look at their co compiled record. I don't care who they've played against. I think uh, the worst record's at like five losses. Um, A&M's 12 and four. So, I mean, it, it, look – all these other teams you're experimenting now now it comes down to cases and i think he knows what uh, what he's doing but some of these bats are just just ridiculous what they're doing my god they're outscoring mm -hmm. people like 56 to 4 in 5 games that's mm -hmm. crazy 
Well, and another thing, too, at this time last year, you had already been swept by Louisiana Tech. Okay. So, I mean, let's not, let's not act as if, and Jordy, by the way, they've broken a, a run rule record, right? Yeah. Like they, they've yeah. already shattered a run rule record. Now, the ultimate question, and, and I think what people forget is, is like, so the team from last season, as an example, and not just last season, Jordy, even the last five years under Maneri, that LSU historically, and, and many SEC teams historically, when SEC play gets started, the bats start heating up more. Now, is yep. it because they're facing more quality pitching? And, you know, a guy may, may miss a fastball that's 96 miles an hour and you get it over the fence, but you can't hit better than what Dylan Cruz is right now. He's, Jordy, he's nope. hitting 500. You know, so, yep. I mean, obviously that's going to take a little bit of a dip. But at the same time, he's hitting the cover off the ball. And then you have a guy in Lamar who came up, comes up the pin, Jordan. He threw the first three pitches were 95, 96, and 95. Oh, by the way, Lamar went on the road and beat the absolute dog manure out of A&M. So it's not as if, I know that you're playing mid-major programs. I know. But people know. get into the football mindset of mid-major programs and not the baseball mindset of mid-major programs. Lamar's a really good team. And I think that speaking of Magnese and Southeastern, even though Southeastern's coming off uh, beating Auburn in Auburn this week, taking two out of three, Lamar's a really good program, and Will Davis has that thing rolling pretty good. No doubt. Paxton Kling's on fire. Tommy White's on fire. They got six batting over 300. Jordan Thompson's next to 292. They can hit. Speaking of uh, hit, um, LSU football got another commitment. Boy, they're high on linebackers for the class of 2024. They picked up their fourth commitment. This guy named Davin Keys from Aledo, Texas. I have no idea where Aledo, Texas is, but when you choose LSU over Alabama, TCU, and A&M, and Oklahoma, that tells me something. You know, you go based off of the – I guess you could pretty much go based off of the, the their sheet and their and their recruitment on how good that they are. I think it's a good backer to pick up. Alito is what, what my guy's up in the – fort because it's closer to Fort Worth. It's right outside okay. of Fort Worth. Um, okay. My guys in Fort Worth, they tell me all the time, Blake, it's the John Curtis of Fort Worth, uh, Fort Worth football. Right, they hmm. just dominate everybody. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm just another guy, Jordy, who who is a really good player. Now, I mean, he's a little short, and I think that that, that has been a question for a lot of teams. He's only six foot, but Jordy's two hundred fifteen pounds. He's probably going to easily get up to two twenty this season in his senior year, and he can run and he can hit. So, they're doing some really good things, and I think that that's a of the 24 class, the linebacker position is the biggest position in need. Okay, now you need offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Don't get me wrong, but you don't have enough linebackers. Yeah, you just do it. not. And They've so got you, four, that's a position of four of their need. eleven. Four of their eleven commitments are linebackers. So they they're listening yep. to you, big guy. Mm-hmm. Well, and <laughs> you want to hear a hot take? If you don't have the 25 scholarship limit, Jordy, I go get another one. And I think that they will go get another one, okay? Because and what Matt House wants to run, okay, historically you're going to have probably three backers on the field at any given moment. Now, the reason you do that is because you have a guy athletic like Carroll Perkins. Now, those don't come on trees, but the way that their base formation works, they're more of a, they are more of a, of a hybrid multiple defense than, 
they're not a 3-4-4-3. They're just extremely multiple on what they do. So I, I think Jordy was close to, I think, around 42% last year. They had three linebackers on the field at any given moment, not counting B.J. Ojolari. So I, I guess it just – I know that Harold Perkins changes that, but they, he also did that at Kentucky, right? So now you have a guy that, that really molds into that philosophy of once you start getting like third and one, third and two, having that third backer coming in there, they really need that. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Always fun. Thank you, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. No problem. Anytime. Take See you care. next week. Take care. You got it, man. We'll take a uh, time out here from the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. We'll come back with a birthday wish and uh, a very congratulatory wedding ceremony for one, one former Ragin' Cajun. Next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Um, we here at the game know that you um, love some of the shenanigans that take place uh, on and off the air, and we would love for you to help us. So go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana. Turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to 1,000 followers at The Game Louisiana on YouTube. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 55 minutes after the hour, uh, Elijah Mitchell is married. Congratulations. The former Cajun, current San Francisco 49er running back, married his high school sweetheart Saturday, Jasmine Lejeune. It was a romantic ceremony surrounded by friends and family. They tied the knot at the White Magnolia in Kentwood, Louisiana. So congratulations. As they said, um, to People Magazine, two roads emerging into one. So congratulations. That is awesome. Awesome. Um, special thanks to our guest today, Shelby Mass, with his bracket. He made uh, 67 out of the 68. Rutgers was the only team that uh, he had in that did not get in. And he joined by many on that front. Uh, Glenn West talking about LSU women's basketball, LSU baseball, and the whatnot. Uh, Ali Cassell, the Pels, with a very pivot, biggest game of the year tomorrow night against the L.A. Lakers in the Smoothie King Center. 14 games left. They got to win a bunch of them to just get in, to just get in. And, of course, Blake Rafino with the RU Series podcast, always fun uh, with him. If today, March 13th, is your birthday, well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Hope you have some cake and some ice cream and maybe a present or two. And you're with the, your family and your loved ones. You share your birthday with Will the Thrill, former Jesuit Blue Jay, turned Mississippi State Bulldog, turned San Francisco Giant. Will Clark is 59 years old today. 
Uh, yes, indeed. Tomorrow, we'll talk more NCAA tournament. We'll preview Pell's Lakers. We'll talk LSU baseball versus UNO and whatever else comes down the pot. Maybe Aaron Rodgers makes a decision. Who knows? Who knows? James Mesh, thank you, as always, as our producer. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our produce, our uh, partners for making it happen. Until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh is next. So long, everybody.